You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. And Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Every day, anything we do is Southern Miss To The Top. What's going on? What's happening? How are you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington and Jason Bailey, here with your break from High Resource File Propaganda to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. I'm Jamie Arrington. With me, as always, Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend, Jason Bailey. Take it away, Jason. Greetings and salutations, my brother. Uh, so, so how has your Labor Day been? 2020, bro. 2020. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or I, I shouldn't even say how was your Labor Day. I guess like how has your since the Thursday night game happened been? Because mine has been consisted of my 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 telephone just hyperventilating from from then until now, uh, and it kind of all culminated today. But but yeah, it's um I don't know. I know we're gonna get into all of it, but it's been it's been kind of a whirlwind here. It has been a whirlwind, dude. My my twenty my Labor Day is actually been a 2020 in of itself. There's been a lot of stuff that's happened today. <laughs> my phone is uh it looks like it's on red right now, but I think we're going to make it through this. But yeah. What a weekend. So yeah, we had the first Southern football game of the year and then yesterday uh we started hearing some buzz. There started being some some rumors going around, different rumors at first and then they all kind of started to come together and and by late last night I felt good about putting it out there that Jay Hobson um, as of the next day, as of today, would uh, would no longer be the head coach at Southern Miss. That is what happened a short time ago. As of this recording, they the university put out a statement. If you want to check it out, go to southernmiss.com. The title is Southern Miss Athletics Announces Change in Football Leadership. So Jay Hobson, after one game of this season. So Jay Hobson has been here, what, four previous years, one game of this season, stepping down. They're going to have Scotty Walden, the receivers coach, step in as the interim coach. Before we talk about Scotty, let's talk a little bit about Hop, man. What are your thoughts on all the happenings of this weekend? Well, uh, I thought um, that, you know, and, and first of all, you know, uh, there's a lot of people that are going to say, oh my goodness, like what, what a knee jerk reaction, right? And I don't feel like it's been a knee jerk reaction at all. Like, I, I feel like something, um, Something went awry, uh, latter half of last year. And just, you know, the overall, just everything was just, just not quite right. You know, not to steal a, a, a line from Larry Eustachie there, but it just wasn't. Um, the energy level had, it was just non-existent. Um, just, you know, for lack of a better term, the, the give a crap <laughs> was gone. The, the whole, you know, Southern Miss chip on their shoulder, us against the world thing was just, it just uh, it, it it appeared from from a fan's point of view um, and a semi insider insider's point of view that 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 it was just missing. Um, so 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 it, so yeah. As far as that goes, I I don't think this is just a you guys lost to South Alabama. If, you know that's unacceptable and you're gone. I mean, it didn't help. Don't get me wrong, but but I mean I, that's that's kind of how I feel about it. What about you? Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that you know there were some some. Even if you listen to the show, it kind of felt like towards the the two thirds into the season, you kind of felt like, okay, we may have a shot at this conference championship game. We may have a shot to get here and compete. And then from that Western Kentucky game on, 
it just didn't look the same. And there were times last year where the you know we were a very even keeled team, particularly against like Rice. Um, you know, never really got too high or never got too low. But the the energy and the enthusiasm collectively. Now I, I did you did see you know certain players that that looked like they were stepping up, and you you did kind of get those vibe from certain players. But it did not see seem like as a whole that the team was kind of gelling in that direction. It, it kind of seemed like the wind just kept getting taken out of our sails. We'd have a couple of flashes, you know, we had some flashes in the first half of the um, bowl game, and then it just all fell apart. And I think that the other night you saw a team that didn't look very different from what we'd seen in the past. And two, you mentioned the on the field and off the field. I don't I think that that, that loss the other night was the catalyst to, to to make this move. But I mean you look at particularly in, in this offseason, I know I know there there's a lot going on right now with COVID and and everything else, but we had what, seven players not only opt out but opt out to transfer? So there's there seems like there has been something going on internally uh, with this team for a while now, and I haven't honestly I haven't gotten a straight I'm not calling players or coaches or anything trying to get a straight answer about this so I really can't say that I know for sure what happened but it seems like there was something going on behind the scenes a little more than what we know about and I think that this loss as embarrassing as it was and hey give it to South Alabama they they came up they wanted it more. They outcoached us. They outplayed us. Um, they were they came in as two touchdown underdogs and won by what ten or eleven. Mm-hmm. So you know you can't take anything away from them, but it really really took the winds out of the sails of the program the other night, and you just felt like I don't know what Jay could have done to salvage this season. I don't either. Well, and, and I, I know that I tweeted out and just. <laughs> I always try to live by the rule uh, that don't tweet when you're drunk or angry. And uh, <laughs> I was both of those things um, for quite a while after the game and during the game. But, um, yeah, there's there's definitely uh, just – we've used this before, but, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. We've been doing this for long enough now where we can kind of tell something's, something's going on. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, South Alabama definitely came in and, and – uh, and, and dominated. I mean, they beat us in every way, shape, and form that you could. Uh, maybe if two calls go differently, uh, you know, the the game might have turned out differently. But I don't think I would feel any different. Would you? If we'd have eked out a one point victory, like at the last minute, I, I guess I'd have felt okay for a second. But uh, I still wouldn't feel great about the direction of the program. And I, I would I, feel better, but I wouldn't feel great. I yeah. mean, there, there was enough there where I was even thinking in the second half. I was thinking about the show, and I was like, man, even if we win. I don't know that, you know, this is not a good look. So. No. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> that that should have been the headline in whoever uh, re- reports on our university now. Um, not good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but I, and I, I will say this, and I, I'm I don't I think I speak for you when I say this. We love Jay Hobson. Mm-hmm. Like I legitimately thought that this would go better than it did. I, I thought that the way that he handled the situation at Alcorn, which was a pretty dire situation, and how he was able to bring that program back, I honestly thought, well, this is, you know, he has an opportunity to come do the same thing here. And it just didn't gel. It just didn't come together for whatever reason. So, 
Um, Hop is a guy that a lot of people know around here. A lot of people love. He's been around the program for a long time. You know, he went through his whole cancer situation when he was here in Hattiesburg. So there's a lot of people that think a lot of him. And there was a lot of people that were pulling for him. But it just kind of seemed like, particularly the past few seasons, that something just wasn't there. Something was off. Something just wasn't gelling. And and this is year five. You would hope that you start to see improvement. And you just did not see that. Yeah, and maybe it's just as simple as just, you know, the message just got tired after a while. The message got lost, right? I mean, uh, the the Philadelphia Eagles fired Andy Reid at one point, for God's sake. You know, just uh, after a while, just, just it's, it's – and, and it is. I mean, you t- with the COVID and everything else just um, – going on in the world right now it's 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 not easy to navigate all that and who knows if any of that played into it and i guess it really doesn't even matter at this point we've moved on um or at least interim we've moved on but i don't know maybe one of these days we'll find out what exactly happened uh behind closed doors but none of that will really change the the fact that even if we didn't know that stuff it was time for a move so We've done it. Um, you know, thank goodness that McLean was able to secure the funds to make this happen. Even though, you know, we weren't in we, we weren't in uh, super bad shape like like some of these teams, like some of our you know brethren in state schools. Uh, if they run into a situation like this, uh, they're looking for you know twenty or thirty million dollars <laughs> uh, right. to, to to make it happen. So. Um, Southern Miss kind of lives within their means, and this, I guess this is the time, like you know, like you and I and Shane were talking about, where it's 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 going to help us, right? Uh, that we can actually make it happen, because even if it was an Ellis situation right now, that's a that's a big chunk of change to come up with. But I'm glad that it was able to be done. Whoever was behind all of it, I've heard some names. I, I don't know if I'm privy to say those names, but. Um, but if, if I'm just I'm just glad that it happened, and I, I do. Man, I love Hop. Um, what a genuine guy! Every time we've ever spoken, every time we've ever met, uh, he looked tired. You know, he kind of looked. I mean, didn't he, he? You know, just uh, like maybe he was. I really want to do this, but after a yeah. while, maybe you just throw your hands up. Like, I mean, maybe I'm not the guy. You know, uh, it's funny you say that because to the top tor- talk correspondent. Janita Tyree, a.k.a. my mom, said the same exact thing. Like we talked talked at the next day after the game, and she was like, "He something looks wrong with him. He looked tired, you know, and uh, so there may be something to that. But, um, yeah, it just it just wasn't there the other night. And th- there were some some performances that I'm sure we'll talk about in a little bit, but uh, there were some bright spots the other night. But as a whole, I mean, you just left out of there feeling terrible. I, you know, you think back to me and you sitting in the stands by ourselves in that first year of the uh, Todd Munkin era when we were losing. But we just knew that it was going to get better. You could just feel it the way things were going. And I left middle of the fourth quarter the other night just kind of disgusted with the whole thing. And that's just not like – that's not who I want to be. But I was just exhausted, man. I just had enough. And – uh I've done that several times in the past few years. Uh, you know, I'm not going to lie. I like to be the guy that stays to the end, but there has just been something where you just you just hope that it's going to get better, but it just ha- it never did. Sure. And you know, I'm never going to be one of these, well, that's it for me. I'm not buying any more tickets and I'm not giving to the Eagle Club and all that. That didn't it doesn't 
first of all, you probably don't make that big of a difference anyway. Nobody but second cares. of all, yeah, it, 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 it doesn't matter. <laughs> now, that being said, I was fully not going to attend the Louisiana Tech game, but not because I'm trying to make some sort of statement, just because I can't take it, just personally. I, I'm too emotionally involved in this thing. Like, if we, if we lost like that to South Alabama, if we put forth the same effort, in my opinion, Louisiana Tech's going to score 100 points. <laughs> and at the, that would be equivalent to somebody saying, hey, man, uh, let me come over to your house and, you know, you can watch me run over your dog. So I, ju- I just can't handle it. And I would find somebody to go in my place. Uh, so my tickets would still be spoken for. But, but you know, again, I guess it's neither here nor there since we've already kind of moved on. But, um, man, yeah, just a – I know we said whirlwind already, but good goodness gracious. Just uh, – I feel like I've just been in this, I don't know, like time warp since it happened. And um, and usually when, you know, when, when, when there's smoke, there's fire and – there turned out to be a, you know, a fire. And and I, you know, like we said earlier, we wanted we wanted this to go well for Jay. We wanted this season to go well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of feel like now, after the response from all of the the vast majority of fans Thursday night, I think there's some little a little bit of excitement now with the program. And I feel like that we're in a situation right now where you really. I don't really know what to expect the rest of the season. If we if we lose a lot, I won't be surprised. Um, but we've got nothing to lose, and you've got a, an interim head coach that is a, who is a guy that a lot of people are fond of. Um, he is a guy that brings some energy to the position. He is a guy that um, a young guy that mm-hmm. I think you know. This is an opportunity. He's got nothing to lose, so he's going to get his shot as interim head coach. If this goes well, it could serve. As a, uh, as a as a as an opportunity for him, it's kind of like Coach Orgeron at LSU when he got the chance to be the interim head coach and made the most of it. So if Scotty can make the most of the situation, I don't think it would hurt anybody's feelings to see Scotty Walden as, as the permanent head coach if he's ready for the opportunity. I think this is a perfect year to, to do it. I mean, I think we've seen a lot. Uh, we already talked about it. It wasn't a knee jerk reaction or anything, but yeah, I mean. Um, Everybody loves the, the offensive coordinator, <laughs> like like the new and upcoming kid. Uh, so here's your shot. And, um, you know, we have this extra week built in right now. So maybe you can – I mean, I'm sure there's going to be some shock. At practice What practice started at, supposedly at 545 today. I'm looking at my clock. It's 509. So practice just started. Uh, I would have loved to have been part of that first meeting, you know, before you run out on the field. But, yeah, he has a chance, man. He has a chance to turn it around. And, and plus, he's been there. He's seen the uh, – He's seen how the the attitude has probably been, and um, you know he's he's got his shot. Uh, I, I'm I'm wondering I, I'm pulling for Scotty. I pull for anybody that's in the position, but but uh, Scotty seems like um, not that Jay Hobson was a bad person or anything like that. He's a great person, but th- this this style that I believe Scotty's going to bring is kind of a 180 from what I think I see out of Jay Hobson on a daily basis. What do you think? You know, it's so hard to tell because we haven't really gotten to see the reins taken off of some of these coaches. You know, mm-hmm. the, 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 you know, I was talking with a friend the other night and, and it didn't really look like the type of game that Matt Kubik, the current offensive coordinator, has called in the past. Um, so I, I really don't know. You would hope so, but it, it's really hard to say. It, it's, you know, like you said, you got nothing to lose. There's not really expectations. This is kind of a, um, if if good things happen, it'll be incredible. It, but if they don't, it won't be a surprise given the circumstances. So, um, 
I don't think expectations are really high at this point. So if he does come in and is able to do what you would hope he'd be able to do it, it like you said, it could be could be absolutely incredible. Yeah, well, I mean, I was talking strictly from a uh, let's say a post game um, interview standpoint and energy level at practice every day standpoint. I mean, Scotty seems to me like he's just way up here on the energy level thing, and Hop was more even killed, right? Which is right, something absolutely. to be said for that too. I mean. It's not like Belichick is getting up in everybody's face and screaming and stuff, but you know Belichick doesn't lose four in a row. So I don't know, man. It's it's <laughs> I I hope it all works out, and I think that we're blessed to be in this situation where where we have this young and up and coming a kid. Really, I, mean, I guess I can still call him. I'm I'm older than him by a lot. So um, this is the shot that you look for, man, and. And he has pretty much an entire season to do it. I think we can all just kind of say that one really didn't happen. Because looking at these stats here, I, I would really like to forget that it happened. <laughs> um, and you've got your own miniature little camp, I guess, little week and a half long camp where you can at least get people used to whatever it is that you want to do uh, as far as running everyday operations in your program. And the only other time Scotty's ever done it, he did awesome at it. I know it was Division Three. And then when he was like super green at, at coaching, but, uh, but he, I mean, heck, you, you know, the numbers that he put up compared to the previous numbers were, were just incredible. So I'd love to see some of that. I'm like you. I, I, I'm not exactly sure what to expect. Um, and I, I, I just, I don't think we're going to see the same that we saw. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And, and just from the – this is from the press release that was sent out today. Walden is in his fourth season at Southern Miss, including his second year as co-offensive coordinator as well as wide receivers coach. He came to Southern Miss after spending a season as the head football coach at Division Three East Texas Baptist University. ETBU compiled a 7-3 and record under Walden and led the country in scoring offense at 49.9 points per game while finishing second in total offense – uh, 564.3 yards per game and sixth in passing offense, 365.3 yards per game. So, so that offensively, that is more along the lines of what we've kind of gotten accustomed to since the Larry Fedora era, you know, with Fedora and Munkin. Those are the type of offenses that you want to see here. So, and, and, um, and I, I would like to add that I think that we've recruited that way also. Um, you know, um, I mean, just skill-wise, I'm looking around. We got speed everywhere, right? We have so much speed on this team. It seems like it's 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 tough for us to utilize it. Um, uh, I mean, does that make sense? Uh, like, yeah. It's it seems to me like like our game. I don't care what the game plan is. I don't care if we win Bauer style, 21 to 17, and you know, ranked all the time. That's great. I get more excited watching the defense, and I don't care if it's Fedora and we're putting up 50. And the other, and we beat the other team by six because we can't stop anybody. I don't care what it ends up being to win, but it seemed to me like we almost recruited all these guys to do Fedora stuff, and then we tried to do, um, you know, our stuff like dive, dive, screen, dive, bomb, right? Just I, I don't know. It, it's, it's it didn't seem to fit uh, like with the, the the players that we have how we were trying to use them. In my opinion, and that's, this is, that's a fan in the stands that has never played or coached football. But I feel like I got a decent idea of what I'm looking at. I think that it's, 
you know, we were able to sling the ball around the past two years. The, the problem has been we haven't been able to run it, and there hasn't mm-hmm. been that balance. And we didn't see that last week, obviously. When we get the stats, I'm sure we'll talk about that. Um, so we were able to sling it some, but we weren't able to get that balance that that Chibunkins was able to get and and Fedora. So and that could have been some something to do with personnel. Um, but I was really surprised that we did not run the ball better the other night than we did. I, that really was a kind of a, a big surprise to me. So. First and foremost, I hope they can figure that out because if you don't, it's going to be tough to really, uh, you know, get the offense moving to the point that you want it to to move. So I'm hoping they can get that running game figured out because it is going to be a problem if we don't. <laughs> yes, there, there's going to be lots of problems if that's. But I think it can all start with just, you know, getting that that want to back, getting that chip back. And, you know, I know Hop always talked about 11 brothers are hard to beat. It looked like 22 individuals the other night, at least. And um, I don't know. Definitely got to start playing together. And and hopefully, hopefully, Scotty can get them headed in the right direction. Well, let's talk about the game from the other night. South Alabama, let's get that out of the way so we can get that in our rear view. Um, not talking about the game itself, but just the atmosphere. What What did you think about... Southern Miss football at the Rock in 2020. Well, I thought the stadium looked great, right? They, they, they finally they finally got those wraps done, <laughs> right? Um, and but it did. The stadium looked good. The entrance was good. I mean, I thought uh, even I, I, you know, I didn't I didn't hear much uproar about the whole non not tailgating thing. Um, and and then you know we we I, I had a nice little system up uh, myself and and uh, Steve Farmer and his family they came up and we just kind of hung out at the crib for a little while and I live you know, like what seven tenths of a mile from the stadium so we eased over there parking was simple um, the I, I thought at the stadium as far as um, having every everything spaced out having the sanitation stations I mean they were ready for this that you know. Maybe there's been some times in the past where we've been like, did they even know we had a game today? <laughs> this was not yeah. one of those times. I mean, it, it was it was very well done and and um and uh, I thought for the most part fans were were, were pretty spread out uh, on that home side. Maybe it got a little jumbled up for a little bit, but that didn't take long because we were playing so bad that people scattered out. <laughs> uh, uh, I took the opportunity to walk around the entire place. Uh, I, I I put a few picks up on social. And I'll I'll tell you a little bit of advice. If you ever decide to go to the top of the um, I guess that was the west side of the stadium, the home side of the stadium, dude, that is super steep. I took my four year old up there, and I was like, hold my hand. <laughs> yeah. Because it is super steep, but it was it was a very interesting vantage point too. Um, you are up there, man. It feels like at the Superdome or something. But um, but I don't know. Everything felt felt. felt good as good as it could with no band and you know and all that mask everywhere but i i didn't hear a lot of pushback on the mask thing either really um when i was walking around everybody was wearing them i thought everybody was kind of you know obeying the rules for the most part and um the beer was nice and cold uh and i mean the, the oh when when the team ran out the the little the, the jumbotron thing and the fireworks beforehand that was cool it was everything was great uniforms looked great uh, the only thing that didn't look great was um, right when that third and eight happened on the very first drive. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and that was kind of it. Well, 
and I agree. I thought for the most part it was good. There were some some a couple of sections on the home side and in the student section that probably needed to be a little more distance than they were, but for the most part everything was good. It was, and you know, I'm a pretty, uh, you know, I, I try to take this as seriously as possible, but man, uh, it was really really scalding hot with that mask on in the stands. Um, so. Uh, and, and a lot of people, a lot of people were spread out enough to where it didn't matter if you wore your mask or not. But it was, if you did have that mask on, my God, it was, uh, it was pretty brutal. It was pre- pretty humid. Yeah, that that that, 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 that might have been why we didn't hear any blowback on the tailgating situation. <laughs> Being a Thursday yeah, at seven hundred like, degrees, like man, we were it was tailgating on the sun, scalding hot. Uh, I did see, you know, concessions weren't really a problem. Uh, they had the the beer stand at, at the other concession stand rather than having it at a trailer in the end zone where we sit. Um, so everything, yeah, for the most part, I thought I thought that side of things was was pretty good. I think the band is supposed to come back the next game, if I'm not mistaken. Right. So that'll add a little bit to the atmosphere. It was a little different not having the band there, but it was it was we knew it going in. It was what it was. So let's talk about the game a little bit. So uh, Southern Miss falling. To South Alabama, 32 to 21. This game was on CBS. And like you mentioned, the first drive, um, J- uh, Jalen Tolbert for USA takes a 73 yard pass. Well, uh, probably like a, a seven or eight yard pass and takes it 73 yards to the house for the first score of the game. And at that point, I was kind of thinking, okay, they got one over on us. We know that, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes Tony Pecoraro's defense will be a boomer bust type of type of defense they're either going to get a lot of sacks or they're going to while they're going to break some big plays um but that just kind of like then the next you know the next time that they scored later in the first quarter they they also took the ball nine plays on 99 99 yards on nine plays uh for another touchdown so they're up 13 to nothing in the first quarter you're kind of thinking okay are we in trouble here yeah, and it turns out that we were in trouble, um, but I felt the same way you did about that first score. Just, uh, okay, I mean, we've done that before, right? Like, well, maybe it was somebody yeah. we shouldn't have beat, like, just right off the bat. Like, I remember back in the day when we played Tebow and uh, with Jeremy Young as our quarterback, we scored right off the bat, and, you know, no Florida fans were concerned at all. <laughs> and as it turns out, you know, they ended up winning the game. We, we stayed in it for a while, but but regardless, it's probably a game we, we weren't supposed to win. Um but you know, Florida turned around and handled business there, and which which we didn't. And and I don't know about you, but it uh it it can the the line on both sides w- was was what concerned me the entire well from the beginning and then throughout the middle of the game and throughout the end of the game. I'm not positive our offensive or defensive line ever won the battle. You know, um, there was there was a couple of times, you know, if you watch that play in the second quarter with uh, what less than a minute left when Frank Gore runs it up the middle, he gets stopped, still moving, dishes the ball back to Jack Abraham, who runs it in for a touchdown. But they call it back. They call his four progress stopped. I didn't hear a whistle. That was kind of like I mean, we, we had a chance to be up at the half right there and mm-hmm. it was taken away from us. So that was kind of oh, yeah. a point where. But on that play, if you watch the replay, uh, Coker Wright just manhandled his defender. I mean, he put him into the turf. It was it was a thing of beauty. 
Um, but yeah, for the most part, I was, yeah, I was definitely disappointed in the line play. The, on the defensive side, you know, with all the guys that we had opting out, you kind of knew there was going to be a little bit of a, uh, learning curve slash there was going to be, it was they weren't going to be as good as ex- expected because of all the players that were lost. But, uh, on the offensive line, I, I certainly expected things to go better than they did. I was really mm-hmm. surprised that we weren't able to get more of a push up front. Um, and lead the way for the running backs. We had 95 yards uh, rushing net on the game, um, 314 through the air. With uh, this gave us 409 yards for the game. But meanwhile, South Alabama had 163 yards rushing, 363 yards through the air for 526 total yards. I'm used to having those numbers reversed, and those being our offensive numbers, and the other, you know, our offensive numbers being the the numbers for the defense that we're playing for the offense we're playing. So yeah, South Alabama's pretty used to that too. Yeah, <laughs> like they are. Being, on, being on the short end of it. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I can't remember off the top of my head, but uh, well, before the game, we've reported on um, on their numbers, and I want to say they aver- last year they averaged. I'm not sure if they averaged 200 yards passing per game. So this was, was you know, yeah. I don't know. And, and you mentioned just a minute ago, you mentioned the lateral, and uh, towards the open, we talked about we might have eked out a victory, but and the the one other call. Was that you know when we had the guy when we had their quarterback sacked and he just throws it away. So best case scenario, it should have been. Um, or worst case scenario, honestly, it should have been grounding. Best case scenario is a fumble and I, and we probably score. Um, but you know they call it an incomplete pass and they go and look at it and it's just you know, I guess we can talk about the officiating too, which the officiating honestly it might have cost us the game. I I don't think that it made us. A, a worse team that night, you know, but, um, I mean, you remember that play I'm talking about? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There was yeah. a couple of officiating calls that were very strange, but cause I mean, I think they scored like right after that. So if you take away the, the, the phantom whistle lateral play for a touchdown and then this one, that's 14 points. So you can make the argument that the officials blew the game, but I, I think it was pretty apparent who, in my eyes, who the better team was that night in South Alabama. Yeah, absolutely. A couple of players just that kind of stand out. Um, you know, Jack Abraham had a, had a solid game given the circumstances. 22 completions for uh, on 32 att- 22 completions, 32 attempts, 314 yards. Didn't have any TDs or interceptions. Um, Frank Gore running the ball, 12 carries, 33 yards, or a net of 32. I'm sorry. Um, not the bet, but that was that was our our lead back statistically. But I, there were he showed flashes where you thought. You know, this kid's going to be exciting to watch in the future. Um, Kevin Perkins, eight carries for 30 yards. Jack Abraham had uh, seven carries for 28 yards. If you count the sacks, he he, he had a long of 35 yards. Um, that's rushing the ball. Receiving Tim Jones, still Tim Jones, six receptions for 139 yards. Jason Brownlee, five uh, receptions for 54 yards. Grayson Gunner, we used the tight end a little more, three receptions for 37 yards. It was good to see him in the mix. And then you also had a uh, two-point conversion with uh, Narcus Driver that, right. that threw that one in. So, <laughs> How good was that? To, to, the, uh, to Baker, right? Backup tight end. Yeah, yeah. Or not even backup. I think we played him at the same set at one point. Uh, but maybe you know the number two, the one number one B tight end, and, and don't forget, you know, as much as we're kind of banging on the effort here of the overall Southern Miss, but I, I want to say it was Ragsdale that scored that first touchdown for you. Yeah, they, and, that's right. Um, and I mean, he, I think he went through like 
uh, he got pounded like four different times by like I don't know where the blockers were on that play, <laughs> but but that is what you have to have the entire game from from twenty two players, right? Uh, is that kind of effort, and that's what we're used to seeing at Southern Miss. So I guess you're right. Looking back on it, there were flashes. I'm gotta. This is being this is therapeutic for me. I think uh, <laughs> th- thinking back, and there were a few bright spots. Um, and two, overall, two players I, not a bright spot. But. Two plays I forgot to mention. Uh, you had the two interceptions. Eric Scott uh, mm-hmm. had a interception return for 20 yards, and then Tyler Barnes had an interception and returned it for three yards. So both of those plays also bright spots as well. It was good to see us get some turnovers. And I believe we actually won the turnover battle, if I'm not mistaken. And that's something that we've definitely struggled with in the past. So if you're looking for bright spots, there's a few. Um, but hopefully we get to move on and move forward in in a week and a half. I'll tell you what was not a bright spot. Punting. Punting, punting needs a little bit of work, and I would like to say that we punted it better than the other team, but you know what? They didn't punt, so we can No, they that. didn't. You're exactly right. We had uh, four punts for 129 yards, average 32.2 yards per punt. So, yeah, it was – I believe Mason Hunt was the uh, was the punter for this game. Uh, but, yeah, we, we definitely need to, to get a little bit better there uh, moving forward because – if we can't run the ball, we're going to be doing more punting. <laughs> right. Yeah. Let, let, I mean, let, let's let's hope that we don't have to depend on good punting for the rest of the year. But um, but obviously, yes. And that's just that's not a jab at our punters, man. They're trying. No, not at but all. It's it's just, but it wasn't good, and it's got to get better. So it just kind of falls in line with with how the game went, really. So we've got this week off. We've got a bye week this week, which is excellent. It gives the uh, the new regime a chance to kind of get things going. You have two pretty much two weeks of practice before this next game, which is September the 19th. Uh, that's a Saturday at 6.30 p.m. against Louisiana Tech. Now, I believe we talked about it last week. This game was on ESPN+. Plus. ESPN has moved it to ESPN2. So this will be another nationally televised game. Um ESPN two Saturday night at the, uh, the when's the last time I think the last time we were on ESPN two was at home was against Cal back in two thousand and four. Wow! So this is a a great opportunity for exposure, a great opportunity for redemption, and I don't I don't expect us to be favorites in this game unless Louisiana Tech just craps the bed this week against Baylor, um, but. It, it, it's 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 another opportunity. It's an opportunity to redeem ourselves, and it's an opportunity for some some more national exposure. Yeah, it's worth going to you know just kind of see what looks different, you know. Um, yeah, and I want to support these players. I there's, yeah. I love a lot of these players. Oh, no, no, and I want to yeah, go yeah, support yeah. them. Yeah, you're right. I mean, and, and like I said, if I, if I don't go, it's not you know directed. It's just I just can't handle it myself. I, it's just totally a me thing. It's the reason that I can't go to SEC games. Like I just I, I you know <laughs> I'll be in a bad mood for six days. Um, but, um, yeah, it's, it's a good opportunity to, to, and how sudden miss would that be to just show up and like dominate? Uh, and of course it would be against Louisiana tech, <laughs> right? <laughs> because, because that, that's just, that would, that would just be total, total sudden miss Louisiana tech, uh, rivalry stuff right there. But I don't know. I, 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 I I'm, st- I am not, um, I'm not going to go to the casino and throw down for this one. Let's just put it that way. Uh, <laughs> unless I go with the over. Um, and that's not from what we might do. Um, in my opinion, I've, I've never wanted to be more wrong in my life. I think we got good players, man. 
I, I think it's a tough transition. You know, I think it's tough getting the getting the reins like Scotty's got them. Um, you you got to spend a few days just kind of getting people used to what you do, I think. And then um, if they buy in, I, I really think we have the players. I really think we have good players. I don't think South Alabama has much has just tons better talent than we do. I just don't. And um, so I don't know. Can you put it together that quick? Maybe not. Do you, I mean, it, it, if I could tell you we're going to lose, but it's going to be a battle. I think you'd take that. Right I'm, absolutely, I'm absolutely okay with that, man. It's, sure. it's, you just want to see. You just want to. See, if you're not going to see progress, you want to see effort. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that sums up Todd Munkin's first year here. You know, I, I think we lost uh, 11 games straight and then came out and blew UAB out of the water in the last game. It's mm-hmm. it's one of those things that you just you just had a good feeling about it, and we just honestly haven't had that in quite some time. There's there's we, there's we you know we we felt good about the teams, but you never really felt like you were hoping that we would turn the corner, but you just never really felt like it was going to happen like you did back then. You think uh you think you think Hop tunes in the ESPN too? I would think he would just because he's you know I know he really appreciates the players and everything. But I don't know I, you know it, it's tough it's tough. You know, losing your job like that. I, I can't even imagine what that situation would be like. Um, but I think he's somebody like – it's going to be like Bauer, man. It's a situation where once the smoke clears and some time passes, I mean, he'll always be welcome back here. Sure, no doubt. Man, what if we get that guy by, by the tailgate one day and do, oh, a true, and do a true J and fake J and just hope to God he didn't punch you? Because, oh, dude, he, ha- but because then he punched me. <laughs> like – Neither I'm one of us to, can beat him up. <laughs> I'm gonna have to get some new shtick, dude. I can't. I don't know if I can keep doing the fake J bit anymore. I have to get. I have to figure out something new for next season. But uh, one more thing about the schedule. So we've got Louisiana Tech on the 19th. The following Saturday, we are taking on the Tulane Green Wave here in Hattiesburg. That'll be on Stadium. But they named their starting quarterback this past week, and it is former Golden Eagle quarterback Keon Howard. So Keon Howard will be the starter for Tulane. Uh, barring injury, of course, uh, in that game when he comes back to the Rock to take on his former team, uh, you know, 45 minutes down the road from where he grew up. So yeah, because 2020, you know, yeah, that's 2020, what happens. that's what happens. <laughs> and but, hey, hey, that's another guy I always liked. Uh, I, you know, he was a turnover machine, and I hoped he would do better, but he just didn't. But you could always see the potential there. I mean, he's got a cannon, he can run, big dude, smart. Um, you know, and I want to say I wish him well. I hope he has another one of those games <laughs> against us because that might be our only shot. But um, I don't know. I, good for Keon, I guess. You know, yeah. Come, come back, I mean, good, good for Keon. Uh, but, but at the same time, I, I just, you know, this is from here on the rest of the year. It's not even really about who we're playing. It's like, what? How are we going to get better? How are we going to get better towards the end of the year? You use that that one Munkin season perfectly. I mean, can can the, for the rest of the year when we do these little shows, can we start having that feeling like you know what, man, we're turning a corner. And I guess that's just what I'm looking for at this point. I'm not looking for you know um, lightning in a bottle here where you know we hire Scotty and all of a sudden we score 52 a game. I just, that's I, I would be shocked if anything close to that happened. 
Um, but can we get better each and every week? Kind of sucks that we got LaTeX and Tulane right off the bat <laughs> after making this yeah. move. Um, but at least it's at home. And, um, and I mean, I don't know. I, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm still kind of in shock that it all kind of went down, even though we found out about it late last night. But, uh, I, I am excited to get back out there. And 48 hours ago, I was not going back anytime soon. So that's good for me. It, it definitely adds some excitement, you know, to, to the situation. And like you said, I, I don't really have, uh, when it comes, as far as expectations, I really don't know what to expect from here on out. I don't expect us to win the conference. I would hope that we'd get some wins, but, um, if we don't, the situation is certainly understandable. Um, I would think that we would at least beat North Alabama. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, but I'm, 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 I'm genuinely, I'm kind of surprised. I really thought that this was he would be around at least throughout the season, unless things went horribly South. And then maybe with a few games left, I certainly didn't expect it after one game, but I, yeah, I mean, I guess you're just going, you know, Hey, look, we got two weeks right now. Um, yeah. and, and we got, this is the COVID year. We're probably not playing a full season anyway. If there's ever a year that we want to go ahead and just, I mean, in my opinion, I mean, I, I can see why you would go down that list if you're McLean and say, you know what, let's just, let's go ahead and just rip the bandaid off. Right. And this year, you know, none of the players are going to lose any eligibility. You're going to get this year back. I, I hate to say it's a mulligan, but, but it kind of hmm. is. Yeah. I, I still take this whole winning, uh, season thing seriously. So I hope that at a minimum, I hope we can at least achieve that. Um, because I think it's, it's, it just kind of, it's part of our brand now is, you know, Southern Miss has, where we have 17 winning seasons in a row. I think that's, that's, that's something that at a minimum, the expectation is you have a winning season. So if we don't, I get it, but I really hope that we at least can achieve that. I'd like to have a good feeling, you know, at some, at some point in 2020, I would like to like something that I care about, uh, work out <laughs> no, no matter what that is. Uh, and I'm hoping that it's USM football. Uh, so, cause that's what we do, man. That's what we do at Southern Miss. I mean, I'm pulling for the baseball team. They're awesome. They've become like nationally, uh, relevant. Um, basketball thinks on the, on the, on the right track, but football is what we do. And, uh, and football is going to be happy to, to save us during this time of just uh conference realignment and just we, we have we've never had any money but now the gap has grown even more uh we can't lose the thing that drives all those other things that are doing better right, right. so i mean we've got we've got a lot of things that other people don't have and they will never have they will never have the tradition that sediment says and they will never have the the a lot of the support that that we have even though a lot of people are pissed off you know but still you rather have pissed off people than people just don't give a damn and we don't generally have any of that. We have people that might give a damn and have just outlandish ideas about what should go down, but at least they care, you know. So you've got Dude, passion was... here, you've got tradition. You just you, and and the only thing we're lacking right now is some W's. You know that when I was thinking about, so I was not going to do an episode this week. I was just so just like pissed. Me too. I was not going to answer my phone. I was like, let's just, let's just, we got to buy. Let's just come back next week and talk about it. And I was thinking about Friday. I was thinking about, well, I'm glad people are still angry because we are borderline, uh, about to lose those people to apathy. If something doesn't change soon, uh, mm -hmm. those fans that are angry are going to go apathetic. And we've already had a lot of fans go apathetic. You can look in the stands and tell in, in a normal season, not in a COVID season. 
Sure. Um, you can see that it's it's we've lost some interest. So we need to get that back. We need that energy, that excitement. And I don't want to get into a list of potential coaching candidate names. There's already some been thrown around, and I'm sure we'll talk about that in the in the coming weeks. But I do I do think we need somebody that's going to bring that energy to the program. I think that is paramount right now. When you think about, you know, I, I kind of had the same feeling the other night that I had when we lost to Rice back in 2007 at the Rock. And you think, okay, was well, this the end of the Bauer era? That was just – Rice at that time was just a – it had been a horrible program. And mm-hmm. I just kind of felt – I kind of felt like that. I felt like – that felt like a nail in the coffin game the other night. Um yeah, and, and so, I feel I feel kind of similar about about Hop as I did about Bauer. Yeah, I mean, love him to death, man. Like, I mean, in Bauer's case, just absolute legend. Uh, but and, I don't know. It, I, in my opinion, in both instances, it was at least you know approaching time to go. So, but that's neither here nor there. We've got a new man leading the ship now, and uh, we'll see what you got, kid. We'll see what you got. Well, I think it's going to be a – dude, I really – honestly, I kind of feel like it's going to be a fun season regardless. Regardless of the outcome, you know, the expectations aren't there. Uh, we can – we're going to get to go to see live football hopefully throughout the rest of the season. We'll get a chance to watch these young men grow and play. We get to watch some of these uh, – you know, I, I want to see more Frank Gore Jr. I, I think mm-hmm. he just kind of has that – he kind of has that it element to him. Um so I think it's going to be fun, dude. I really do. So I'm looking forward to it. I think that's we, I think it's a good way to look at it too for the rest of the year when 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 you're going into the game. Just you know, hey, hey this is house money. You know, this let's let's house. have some fun. Let's have some fun. Let's have some fun in the stands. Let's have let's just we're going to watch football, baby. And uh, that's a that's a very good. I'm glad you brought that up. That's I think I'm going to use that as my mindset going in. So I'm not not that I'm not going to get irritated at some point. <laughs> yeah, go. But 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 but, get, if, but you know, as as a whole. I'll look back on the season, man. I went. I had a good time. Go read Phil Jackson's book and uh and and zen it up a little bit. We can put our own little Zen guard down. I you know, I kinda had some ants in my by me. I just could take some of that and make a little Zen guard there down at the bottom of section one twelve. And uh <laughs> Are you gonna start calling me Grasshopper? I would I'll I'll we'll start running the triangle podcast. We'll start uh <laughs> <laughs> Scotty, Scotty <laughs> Where's Tex Winter when you need him? <laughs> well, we really, and to be honest with you guys, and you probably can tell, we really didn't prepare for this podcast. And then we would do it, but we kind of were like, let's go record now while it's – because this is on our minds. This is what everybody wants to talk about. This is what everybody wants to hear about. Uh, I just did a spot with WJTV earlier, right before we recorded this, and it's already aired. Um, so the special shout out to Noah Newman for having me on Jason and I've already gotten requests to do multiple podcasts the next few days. So it's going to be a fun, a fun, uh, a fun time, hopefully. And hopefully we can shed some more light on the black and gold gospel. But, um, yeah, we just kind of threw this episode together. We're, we're looking at, I'm looking at the school website right now and a few notes that I jotted down and I think Jason's doing the exact same thing. So thank Mm -hmm. you for, thank you for bearing with us on this. Be sure you follow us on Twitter at to the top talk. You can follow me at Jamie underscore Arrington and Jason at Bumper J Bailey. Hey, I'm actually doing a show this week, Thursday night in Laurel. Um, huh. I don't know. I don't know what the capacity is. I just kind of just 
they're, they're taking the precautions. They're doing it right. So I agreed to jump on this show. So if you are in the Laurel area, it's a new spot. Um, I'm looking for the name of it right now. I shouldn't have even brought it up. Uh, <laughs> 325th Street. 325th Street in Laurel this Thursday night. I'm not sure exactly what time, so you have to check out their Facebook page. But, yeah, first comedy show after COVID. So this is going to go horribly. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, I hope you break your leg. I, I pre- would not shock me at this point. Um, but thank you guys for listening. Jason, man, this is uh, – I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about next week. You got any final thoughts before we get out of here? Um, I guess just everybody, you know, just take a deep breath, right? We're all, we are all kind of just, I guess, heartbroken in in a way that our football team is where it is, but, um, we got a chance now to kind of right the ship and, and I, for one, I'll be back in the stands now. Um, but do all you can, um, you know, be kind to people and, um, you know, set a miss to the top. And these players, you know, I really feel for these guys because they came here to play for Coach Hobson, you know. And with everything that's going on, with them having to make the sacrifices they make to get to play, uh, some of them have had family members get sick. There was an excellent article in Sports Illustrated the other way, the other day about Trace Clopton's parents, if you want to go check that out. Um, with everything they've had to do to try to make this happen, and then for their whole season to get turned upside down after week one, I, I definitely think they need – they. And everything else that's going on in the country with, with these young men, yeah, uh, I, I definitely think they need some positive energy, some love, some support. So, yeah, this is not get, the time to turn your back on those guys for sure. Not at all. Definitely want to make sure these guys know we're in their corner. We can't high five them at Eagle Walk, but you know we can definitely uh, send some love their way. So, guys, we'll see you next week. We'll have a lot to talk about. And as always, Southern Miss to the top.